1: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com
3: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...
5: Right at home.
1: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
4: Greetings, Maltopians, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Maltopia podcast. This week's episode of Red Mother features an all-new intro soundtrack that serves as the official Red Mother theme. Steve's been working on it for the past few weeks, finally getting it exactly how he wanted it, and we couldn't be happier with the final result. You can let us know your thoughts on it over on our new Discord channel. The link is in the episode description. We also wanted to let you know that we're hard at work on production of our brand new series, The Sleep-Wake Cycle, set to premiere this fall, and we're sharing all kinds of sneak peeks over on Patreon, as well as our patron-only Discord channel, For as little as 2 bucks a month, you can view the new series logo we just released, and over the next several weeks, we'll be dropping more art along with character introductions and additional details about the series. So click the link in the description and consider joining our growing Patreon community. And whether you're new to Maltopia and love what we offer, or you've been a fan since the beginning, three years ago, we could really use your honest rating and review on iTunes. That's a great way to show your support, and we really appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your time to give us your thoughts. As always, thanks to our awesome patrons for helping make this episode possible, and thank you for listening. Now sit back, relax, and as always, enjoy the show.
5: Danny wanted a mother. I killed the man who murdered him. The witch's voice continued from the inky blackness of the TV screen within my dream. Have you ever wondered what beauty is, Genevieve? Have you chased it through forests that bled with fresh twilight, searched it out in the eyes of an infant, waited for it as the sun reached its apex in the sky, flooding verdant fields with golden light? But no matter how much you searched, no matter how many thunderstorms or sunsets you watched from the shores of some ancient lake, there was never any real experience of beauty, was there? There was only the longing for it, an aching in the pit of your stomach that can never be soothed that's because there is no beauty in this world my poor dear there never was there is only the intimation of beauty held infinitely far away from you even as you feel the dying red light grasp at the hairs on your arm and the night singers of the woods steal away with your thoughts These things are all merely signposts for a world that is precisely not this one." I felt every word she spoke. I had only known the emptiness that followed on the heels of beauty, of happiness. The emptiness of my addiction. Especially barbed when I would discover that whatever remaining bottles I had felt terrifyingly light, and the hour was too late to run for more. The wine, the money, the career successes, few though they were, the lovers I had known, they were all for nothing. I never retained a sliver of my elevation over seeing my byline in a newspaper. The closest I'd ever come to beauty were those moments when as a child my mother would sing me to sleep, long before the group homes and foster parents. We live in a sprawl of funeral ashes. And we labor beneath the shadow of a dream, Genevieve. There is no road to beauty that has ever been scratched into the dust of this world. For that journey, you must travel an altogether different road. But you needn't worry yourself, dear. For I know the way. I glared into the television screen, ensuring the witch could see my entire face. (laughs) Finally. I was wondering when we get to this bit. Let me guess, the road to this happy land of yours is paved with corpses, is that it? Listen, you're not dealing with some traumatized child here. You're not going to turn me into a killer. Are you not? Her question hung in the air as the memories flooded over me, surrounded by kids in dingy group home bathrooms, tears blurring my vision as blows rained down hiding in dusty closets, shaking, holding my breath as foster parents crashed about, drunk and raging. As for being a killer, tell me, where is that poor old lady from under the earth? What were her final moments like, crushed beneath rubble in the dark? I'm not sweating that old psycho. She got considerably less than she had coming to her. You can wrap up her death. Her murder? Whatever, you can wrap up her murder in all the purple prose you want, but you're not going to get me to regret what I did to her. But my dear girl, that's precisely what I want from you. To alleviate yourself of the petty philosophical structures of this world. To move beyond them. What you did was wonderful insomuch that you resolved a craving the traditional world could never and would never have been able to satisfy. You felt the very substance of beauty, which is freedom. You have already placed a solid foot upon the path I have shown you, and you liked it. I know you did. I did feel good about what I did. But it wasn't because of some moral high ground I could stand on. It was because of the power I felt as I bucked the world and did what I wanted, just because I wanted to. If that was the freedom she was talking about, I couldn't deny its power. (sighs) Jesus, I was coming apart. No, she was taking me apart and putting me back together again. But into what? I heard voices behind me just outside the shack. A deep bass and saccharine lilt I knew all too well. It was the meeting I'd come to see. I made my way to an open window and listened in on their conversation. The giant's speech still surprised me. Similar to the witches, its polished olden quality belied that of a man raised in the wilderness.
2: What happiness do you think you can bring me, woman? Do you see this axe? It's made from bones and steel and wood. It is my will, my killing will, embodied. And it brings me all the happiness I can stomach. Unless, of course, you wish to add your blood and bones to its make. Perhaps it can be made even more wonderful yet. <laughs>
5: It is a lovely axe indeed, and I can hear a voice calling out from it, for after the gnawing and gnashing of wolves' teeth passed into silence, you delivered your father into your power. He was all you knew after all, and now he remains with you for all time, at your service within that great axe of yours. Hmm, sentimentality.
2: You see too much for my liking, woman. Perhaps you are some kind of witch. Regardless, my father's rest is none of your concern, and I would caution you to weave your spells, if you truly be a witch, well away from me. They say cold steel can often enough undo the work of magic, even laying witches in their grave.
5: Oh, I'm counting on it, my large and nameless friend, but I hope you'll instead give me the chance to help you. For you see, I know what you want, or perhaps what you most desperately need. That's why I've come all this way.
2: And pray tell, what is it your witchery has told you of me? What could you give me, that my axe cannot cleave from the world at my pleasure?
5: Blood-red light emanated from the witch's eyes, matching the danger of her smile. Why, a family, of course. One that will love you for all time. The giant froze, as if she had stolen his breath. We shall select this family of ours, yours and mine we will not suffer the clumsy missteps of nature but seek the finest children this world has to offer two girls and a boy and you shall be their father I woke up in my motel room in Hunter's silence, no memory whatsoever of how I got there. Looking at myself in the mirror, I could feel familiar wicked eyes retreating into the void of my memory. Within hours, I was on the next plane home. A small pile of mail had built up below the mail slot. One envelope stood out, dirty, crinkled, and somehow threatening. I picked it up and checked the return address, finding a single word, WICKED. The name almost seemed to grin at me.
0: Dear Genevieve, Before I get into the guts of what I wish to convey, I should say that no, I've no desire to harm you. I mean, I do, certainly, but I've decided against it. Besides, I'm fairly certain you'd give me a good run, and you likely don't even know it. Anyway, I'm still here at the prison, just waiting till the time comes for me to leave. I trust you haven't told anyone my secret? Not that you shouldn't, mind you. It would certainly make things more interesting around here if you did. I'm sure you wouldn't care about the poor orderlies and guards and emergency personnel and so on that I'd have to disassemble. And that's because you're a little killer yourself, aren't you? Didn't know I knew, did you? (laughs) Killing lingers in the eyes like smoke. I could tell once the dim of the storm touched those big, dark peepers of yours. Cold like fall rain, but you're still wet behind the ears, just a neophyte. You've only just begun, haven't you? Don't worry, the next one will be easier, and so much better. Unfortunately, I've only got so much paper, so I should get to the purpose of my letter. No one takes the time to write letters anymore. Shame. I've been thinking about your questions concerning the woman, and I remembered something about her. From a dream, I think. I love it when I have trouble distinguishing waking from sleeping. It makes me feel so young. Oh, to be young again. If you think killing is invigorating as an adult, you should have tried it when you were but a wee child. It's like someone pouring honeyed molten lava into your body. It felt like the warm days of summer living inside my lungs. The hot energy of a thousand first kisses moving through every cell of my body. What an exciting time for killing. Everything was so new in the discovery of the wonders beneath the skin. Ah, I best calm down. The guards are beginning to wonder what I'm laughing at. So here's the juice. I remember one of the places she used to take us all. We would often travel, you see, sometimes for days, through some of the most wonderfully wicked places. There are very particular places, she would tell us, where the world is weakest. At these secret locales, we would see the shapes of strange, otherworldly things outlined in the most ostensibly banal things. Clusters of tree branches, the cacophony of crickets, the wilt of reeds in a swamp, and so on. But one place in particular we always returned to. She said it was the closest place to the end of the world, and thus the closest thing she had to a home. I'll tell you where it is, if you come and see me again. I'm being transferred, however... They have decided to send me to Thunderbird Correctional. Or more accurately, I have ensured that they came to that decision of their own accord. Meet me there in a week, and we'll chat. See you soon. Wicked.
5: My hands were shaking again. I had a ton of booze in the house, but I refused to cave. I didn't know why exactly. Maybe I just needed to control something, anything, even if only the monkey on my back maybe the answer was more complex. I wanted to feel the edge of things, the sharpest parts of my journey. I didn't want to blunt my senses. The pain was becoming solace. The fear was turning to excitement. Uncertainty was melting into wonder. I was no longer scared. I was thrilled. And that scared me all the more. Further sickening, what little was left of the decent side of me was the twinge of excitement at the prospect of seeing Wicked again. For all the fear he inspired, there was something fun and childlike about him. I imagined him running wild and naked through the woods, flanked by wolves, hunting. And for a spark of a second, I imagined running next to him. This time, rather than just winging my access to the prison, I used what few remaining contacts I hadn't managed to ruin to arrange for a proper visit, an interview. It was strange to engage the machine again, talking to other professionals, pitching articles and whatnot. It all seemed horribly boring to me now. The only part I enjoyed was all the lying. I relished hiding my motives, my most recent activities, They had no idea what I was onto, what I'd uncovered, and I loved it. Before I left my apartment, which began to feel more like a molted skin, I looked back at the witch's tapes. I wondered if the video I dreamt of while up north was imprinted on the next tape in the series. Nah, I wasn't ready for that level of unreality, so I left the mystery smoldering and walked out the front door. Thunderberg Correctional was a maximum security prison on the outskirts of Thunderburg, a mid-sized city known for its fair share of bad weather, <laughs> hence the name. It seemed our meeting was destined to take place beneath more storm clouds. I breezed through visitation protocol and was immediately whisked into the prison. The whole process almost felt rushed, and the guard escorting me appeared pale and nervous. We soon descended a set of stairs that delivered us into an expansive cellar, the darkened bulbs along the ceiling causing further concern. Where are we going?
0: We're going to see Mr. Wicked, miss.
5: I shot a look at the man and the trickle of sweat crossing his temple. He had called Wicked by his killing name, pronouncing it with the careful reverence a peasant afforded a king. As we rounded another corner, a bit of candlelight bled into the hallway, outlining dark streaks of blood on the floor, followed by several bodies hanging from the ceiling. The acrid smell of blood and cold meat struck my nose. I held my breath, unable to suppress a grimace. The hallway opened into a large room filled with filing cabinets and boxes and office equipment lining the walls. Lit candles had been placed everywhere, and in the middle of the room sat two men in leather desk chairs. One of them was wicked.
0: Hi, Genevieve. I'm so very glad you didn't take your time getting here. For, as you can see, I finally decided to blow my cover, having elected to enjoy the comforts outside of my little Iron Maiden. But don't worry, I've convinced the staff to keep my secret. Their fear should hold for a
5: while, I think. But please, pull up a chair and join us. Uh, sure. I glanced at the other seated man, unable to ignore his bulk. He barely fit in his oversized chair, sharply contrasting Wicked's lean frame. This is Baron. He's a
0: killer. Like us.
5: Oh, glad to meet you. Baron stared a hole through my face, his eyes already settling on the shit I'd done and my capacity to do worse. I had a pretty good idea who he was. He fit the description of the serial killer called Oppenheimer. He was a brilliant mountain of a man who enjoyed killing his victims in the cleverest of ways always with some kind of explosive. Wicked flashed a burning grin.
0: Well, Genevieve, I have to be completely honest with you. I didn't ask you here just to supply you with some meaningful clues.
5: He beamed at me, waiting for me to break. Every nerve ending in my body sizzled, but I managed to steady myself beneath his gaze. What, I gotta give you a nickel to hear the rest? Why am I here, Wicked?
0: You don't have to prove how tough you are to me, dear Genevieve. I know there's a winter's worth of cold living in that heart of yours. I've always been interested to know more about my not-quite-mother and what she got up to after that awful son of hers banished me from their little gang. So, I've decided to help you. Well, Baron and I, that is. We're coming with you. Can you even imagine all the fun we're going to have together?
5: I couldn't hide my shock. Fumbling for words, I glanced around the room, catching the eye of the guard who had brought me down. Visibly shaking and soaked in sweat, his gaze pleaded with me. But somehow, I felt no sympathy for him. He was a custodian to the world I was slowly leaving behind, a world that couldn't give a shit for my absence. I did not wish him well, and I knew I'd be getting my wish soon. Wicked would see to that.
0: We'd like to give a special shout out to our patrons who make this all possible. Helenius, Zach Neen, Alyssa Lindler, John Nemichak, ADHD is a consultant now, Abyssal B, Koasira Luminarium, Peter, Sarah Zartolamna, Nick, K. Davis, G-Man, Andrew Knot Thesis Ascendant, David Gregory, Ian Hagen, Jonathan Shank, Kurt Kornfeld, Deborah Carpenter, and Sarah Anzalone.